Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Thank you for listening to this DuPont Media production. Available on all major podcast platforms. This is Rod Peterson On Demand. Who should the Edmonton Oilers acquire in goal? Braden Holtby, Marc-Andre Fleury, Martin Jones. Leading the way right now, the flower. Uh, coming in second in the vote, Braden Holtby, who I think they should. I've been championing that for two years. They got too many goalies in Dallas. Trade Holtby. You guys aren't going anywhere. This is the Rod Peterson Show. It sure is. Hello, Canada and Canadian sports fans in the USA and around the world. Welcome to the RP Show, coming to you from off and on, cloudy and rainy South Florida. I see that the Hockey Club podcast has weighed in from Tallahassee. Corey Patterson hosts the Hockey Club podcast up there in Tallahassee, and he says, uh, I don't know who he's answering or what he's saying, but he says, it's 68 and sunny. Well, it's cloudy down here, Patty. But that's okay. Let's bring in the Moose, Darren Moose Dupont, on what's been a very fun day, Moose. I'm not sure if you've been keeping touch with what we've been doing, talking Seattle Kraken hockey, a little CFL news. And they, they're still weighing in on the commanders thing. I think a lot of people are giving it the thumbs down, but I, I think it'll grow on you. Jeff the Stamps fan writes in and he says, I'm not surprised the Riders have moved on from John Ryan. Those were some pretty expensive rouges you were paying him. I don't know. Did I miss the story? Where did it, where did it say that the Riders are moving on from John Ryan? I'm not saying I'm wrong. I'm stra- trying to stay on top of the Brian Flores stuff. The Pats are home tonight, this and that. Did, did you see somewhere that the Riders are moving on from John Ryan? I'm trying to look it up right now and see if there's some information on, on where John Ryan's going or what, what the Riders are doing with John Ryan. Don't worry about it. No, no, no. That's what we rely on the viewers for, Moose. You know that. Somebody can uh, chime in with a, with a link or you know, some sort of report or who reported that the writers are moving on from John Ryan. I'll tell you what. Listen. You say goodbye to Ed Ganey. That sucks. People are going to be upset, but they'll get over it. It's probably what the writers are gambling on today. Uh, or Luchez Purifoy or a lot of these guys. John Ryan. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Sheldon Williams grad. U of our Ram record holder. That's a different story. So we'll see. It sure seems like they're pinching a lot of penalties, uh, pennies over there. But as we say, we're very early uh, in the offseason, or at least we're not even into free agency yet. Uh, hey, before we go any further, it's afternoon out here in the Eastern time zone, Moose. I want to say that so tonight, 
Sports on tap. Let's talk about this for a second. Oilers at the Washington Capitals. Seattle Kraken at the New York Islanders. Jordan Eberle's return. And it'd be for the first time, Ebs will be playing in UBS Arena, the brand new home of the Islanders. LA Kings at Detroit. Minnesota at Chicago. The Calgary Flames at Arizona. NBA, the Raptors are off, but they've won two in a row, so they've earned a night off. In the dub. Saskatoon Blades at the Regina Pats. Medicine Hat Tigers at Edmonton. Swift Current at Lethbridge. Prince George at Spokane. And uh, just for spits and giggles, I'm going to throw in that in the SJ tonight, Nippowins at Estevan and Flin Flon is at Notre Dame. Uh, any of those interest you? Something you might be interested in? Yeah, there's a Which few one? there for sure. Probably Edmonton and Washington. That's probably the biggest one of the night. Um, it's a big test for the Oilers, and Washington's one of the best teams in the NHL. So it'll be that'll be probably uh, the game of the night. Oh, man, we cracked a big nut here. Um, on the John Ryan thing, Robin in Prince Albert and Jason in Red Deer both have uh, put in the link. Rough Riders plan not to re-sign local punter John Ryan. Now, that's going to take some delving into. But... It's a special day today, and I'm reading from one of our fine sponsors uh, on Twitter, the Four Seasons Sports Palace. The Greek freak down there says it's a special Tuesday, two, second day, second month of the 22nd year. It's a very special day. I don't know if anybody believes in astrology or not, but you should. He says, we're happy to report six more weeks of fantastic sporting action and great food at the Four Seasons. Wings on special, plus a huge... WCQ for Team Canada. What's that? World Cup qualifier? That's right. As they move close, yeah, he's a soccer fan. He says, as they move closer to clinching a wild card, uh, sorry, a World Cup berth. <laughs> Not mentally there yet, but I'm working on it. Uh, he says, NHL, NBA, and Scotty's pool play. Watch it all here. So, 2 2 22 today. It's Groundhog's Day. What did Punxsutawney Phil, or Pete, or whoever, what did he say today? What did he say? Do we know? Six more weeks of winter. Did he say that? Yeah, I saw the shadow, I think, and that means six more weeks of winter. Come on. You're sitting in the NHL's Bermuda Triangle. Who on February 2nd would think that winter would not last for six more weeks? Give me a break. Every year, it's six more weeks of winter. We don't need a damn rodent to tell us that. Winter goes until the end of April around here. I'm trying to find. Uh, I'm trying to find a story. I can't find it. Here's the breaking news. One of the leaders of the convoy of trucks in Ottawa says politicians are responsible for the hardships residents have been enduring since the weekend. Chris Barber says that instead of engaging with protesters, politicians, quote, prefer to vilify and call us names. They called us names. Barber says the convoy is prepared to stay for as long as it takes to get governments across the country to end COVID-19 vaccine mandates. Why on earth did I go down that road? Talk about something else. Another very special night tonight. Tell, them, tell the world, Moose, why tonight is special at the Brand Center and why you're going to be part of it and what a major god shot that is. Yeah, maybe he's watching right now. Les Lazarick uh, is going to call his 2,000th career game in the Western Hockey League. 
for the Saskatoon Blades tonight against Regina, and I've done a lot of games with them. I've done parts of six seasons, most of six seasons with them at one point doing color, so I'm going to slide in tonight, and hopefully he'll have me. He doesn't know I'm coming to the game tonight, but I'll be there uh, to call the game with him uh, against Regina, so that'll be fun. How does he not know? He should. He should know. I told him, I leaked uh, so to him last week that we were planning on surprising him in, in Medicine Hat or Lethbridge for the 2000th game. Uh, but then it got postponed. So, uh, Yeah. So the Saskatoon Blades in Regina tonight, the 2000th broadcast for Les Lazarek, the voice of the Blades. And, uh, and you're going to be doing color. For, the, for those that don't know, because I get asked this a lot by people, what's DuPont's story? I've told you this. People say... Where's DuPont get his money? And I say, well, he spent close to 10 years as the color voice of the Saskatoon Blades. That's where he got a lot of his money. But <laughs> uh, you've done more games color for Les Lazaruk than anybody else, which is saying something when he's calling his 2000th game tonight, huh? Yeah, that's, that's a pretty cool thing. I mean, um, it's, it's been awesome to see. And, I mean, we know Bob Ridley is the king of games. What are these? He's done over 3,000 of them. Um, but 2000 is Uncle no Giggles. small feat. Yeah, no small feat. Um, I'm just going to ring this anyways. <laughs> Jennifer from the Four Seasons says, uh, Punk's Watani Phil saw his shadow, but three other hogs did not. So who knows? <laughs> and she writes an LOL. What I know is the sun has come out here in South Florida today. And when I go to drive and get my hair cut this afternoon, I'll be able to take the top off. Mm, 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 mm. Is there, are they playing soccer today? Dan in Winnipeg says, go Canada, go with a soccer ball. Are they playing today? Honduras. Where? I think it's out east. Oh, ah. Thank you. Does El Salvador count as out east? Is that something you might be interested in? <laughs> um, <laughs> Look at these two dummies trying to talk about soccer. My God. Well, you're, suppo you're supposed to know. I should know, right? I know. Uh, I'm checking my score app, which qualifies as the big board. There's women's hockey action, obviously pre-tournament, pre-Olympics uh, exhibition games. Switzerland playing Canada today, China taking on the Czech Republic, a slew of NCAA, double, uh, NCAA basketball, and then here it is, El Salvador versus Canada, 9 p.m. Eastern start. I'll be, I'll be visiting the Sandman. It's in San Salvador. Last time they played was September the 8th. Was that the game in Edmonton? 3-0 Canada. Was that the gaming? No, there wasn't that much snow in minus 26 in uh, September in Edmonton. It's 111 Eastern, by the way. On the second day of the second month of the 22nd year. My God. <laughs> My cousin Christine in Medicine Hat pointing out that it's 1111 Mountain. Can I say this? And holy smokes, am I all over the road today. I'm missing Calgary as for a lot of reasons. Not the minus 30 temperatures today. 
but what a sports town, right? NHL, NLL, CFL, WHL, Junior A, University, which we went and saw university hockey. Like, my God, that's my kind of town. There's everything. It's got everything. I mean, no matter what you're a fan of, there's always something going on in Calgary when it comes to sports. It's, it's an underrated sports town. I mean, it's got all the leagues, but uh, very under the radar when it comes to being a sports town. Highly underrated, but I think in time, they're going to have a CEBL team as well. Uh, I saw that they're going to have a, uh, I see there's an arena deal potentially. Our friend from TSN reporting that. So, yeah, there, there was the one thing when we were in Calgary, we were talking with one of the local sports movers and shakers, and he said very real chance at that time of the Flames moving. And I said, what happens then? The look I got of sheer panic in his eyes. Hey, we're not putting that out into the universe. Uh, by the way, my cousin Christine in Medicine Hat says Olympic hockey. She wants to know when the Canadian women are playing this pre-tournament game for the Olympics in hockey. 11-10 Eastern, Chris. That is 9-10 Mountain. So I'll tell you what. Why don't you watch it and tell me how it went? Jeff, no, here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Man, are we off the board today? Jeff, the Stamps fan, says Calgary's the best sports team, best sports town in the nation. And I'm sitting here saying I'm not sure I'm even going to argue that. But you, as the Leafs fan, do you take issue with that? No, I mean, I don't. I mean, ultimately, you can't decide those things right now. I don't think, you know, so no, I'd, I'm cool with it. I'm cool with it. I got, I'm fine. Well, with the Raptors winning the championship and the Leafs being the number one team in Canada right now, they might make a run for it. But let's put it this way. Calgary is right up there. If Montreal ever got an NBA team, which there has been taught, and for sure an MLB team, they would have a run for it. I, Toronto's got all those things I just said plus MLB and NBA. So as much as I'm not the biggest yeah. Johnny Toronto, I'm a Western guy for the most part. I'll say Toronto's the number one sports town, but Calgary a very close second, and it's not close for three, okay? Yeah. Trent Bruner is watching in Norway, and he says, Norway here. I left my flag in the car. He says, congratulations to Mr. Lazaruk on calling 2,000 games. May Canada win over El Salvador. He says, time for the NHL Jets to pull up their socks from what we've heard this week. Stay well, everyone. Max Hardwick watching on YouTube says, hello from San Salvador. Canada versus El Salvador will be the biggest thing on local TV tonight. Love the show. See, that's why I'm not turning my back on soccer. Because I am open-minded enough to realize that I realized that Moose in the 90s, and maybe you were one of these kids that I saw running around these uh, fields in our home province playing soccer. And I'm like, we didn't grow up playing that, but they are. And I knew enough to know that it's the world's number one game. There's a, there's a generation of kids coming up in Canada playing this game. And here we are. I can't believe the amount of people that love soccer. I'm not one of them. 
but I'm not going to dismiss it either. I mean, I get it. But it's a little like curling. I'm sitting here reading these curling round-robin games at the Scotties. I'm like, wake me up for the playoffs. I'll be into it rock by rock by rock. Come semifinals and medal games, not on a Wednesday. Sorry. Where are you? Like, we, I can't be into everything. Where are you on that? On the curling, I'm into it. Had it on all morning. It's, uh, that's, but that's the curling culture, right? You're not necessarily into every rock, but it's, it's watching it in the morning, noon and night, having it on, following the games, that kind of stuff. And for me, honestly, as weird as this might seem from a curling perspective, from a curling fan, I lose interest as the week goes along. I'm all in at the beginning. I love watching all the games, seeing all the teams. And then as you get to the round, run the playoffs and stuff, I lose a little bit of interest. Um, but that's just, that's just me. I love watching all the different teams play. And I think a lot of curling fans are the same way. I'll leave you with this before we break and come back and continue this. Pinks, one of our P1s, Priority One viewers, says, I agree with Jeff, the Stamps fan. Calgary is the best sports town. And that has a lot to do with the people in Calgary that make it. I can't argue with that. I mean, I'm only saying Toronto because of the leagues that they're in. NBA, MLB, we love our Blue Jays, right? I don't even like the Leafs. But if you want to talk about the people in the stands, then I'm here for the discussion that Calgary is the number one sports town in the country. That's saying something. And I got to say this too. The more time we spend there, the more people come up, put their arm around us and say, come on in, come on in, come to this thing, come to that thing, bringing us gifts. I guess that's why I miss that Calgary, <laughs> because of the Western hospitality. We'll be back in a moment. You're watching the RP Show on the Game Plus TV network, YouTube live streaming, and 24-hour sports radio at rodpeterson.com. Head to youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now. You got to subscribe. Click the subscribe button for all the content you may have missed. Laid back and kicking it. Let's head back to the studio. Here's Rod. Hey, the moose is already on the screen. Hour two of the show is brought to you by Great Western Original 16 Beers. They're found across Western Canada. And if you're lucky, there might even be one in your fridge. Hey, by the way, moose, tough tribe for men. I have to say... Where's it been all my life? And I'm not joking. Just because they're a sponsor. It's it's coming with me to Super Bowl. The pomade. It's coming with me to Calgary. It's been a game changer. Tough Tribe for Men was designed to meet the unique demands of clean professional grooming. The warm scent of a gentleman's shampoo teams up with an invigorating cool peppermint conditioner. Pop that off the little beard and hair pomade to start your day feeling fresh and confident. <laughs> Available now at toughtribeformen.com. That's the number four. toughtribeformen.com and Amazon Canada. The lady here that does my hair, Oneja is her name. She's from Brazil. She says, you need paste. You need paste in your hair. I didn't know. But where do I get paste? That's pomade. Apparently in Brazil, they call pomade paste. So I'm just saying. And if you buy that package, it'll last you. It'll last you minimum six months, I swear, maybe a year. I was going to spend more time on the Brian Flores situation, and maybe we'll spend a minute on it here, but I'm just seeing my phone is blowing up, and we're going to get to the CFL talk, and then we're going to bring in Mo Egger from ESPN 1530 Cincinnati, and you and I will talk a little bit more about the Super Bowl. 
But we're finding out as of this morning, Ed Ganey leaving the Rough Riders and he's not leaving on good terms. He's upset. I spoke with him and he goes, have them explain why I'm not coming back. I don't want to talk about it. I just want to move on with my life. Big Mike writing us on Twitter with now the news that John Ryan isn't going to be brought back by the Rough Riders. Big Mike on Twitter says, what is going on with Jeremy O'Day not getting some of the star players back? Ned Ganey out now, too. They are upset. Um, I'll say it again if you missed it last hour. How do you judge success? This regime, Dickinson and O'Day, 22 and 10. That's pretty damn good. Hosting playoff games. That's pretty damn good. If you judge it on that, which the riders judged themselves for a generation on that barometer, very good. If you judge yourself on championships, which this team did for a decade under Jim Hobson, not very good. And that's how I judge it, but not everybody does. And because free agency hasn't even opened yet, I would suggest it's too early to give even the riders a grade on what they're doing in the offseason. But to, as it looks, upset these veteran players that have given so much to the franchise, that's not a good look. That's my take on that. It's not. You know, it's not a great look. It's going to upset the fan base. We talk about familiarity. People buy tickets to watch their favorite players. People buy tickets because of the connection they feel to the franchise. And talked about the home field advantage. I mean, think about right now, you talked about Winnipeg coming into Saskatchewan uh, and hosting or and, and being in the Grey Cup in Saskatchewan. That gives Ryder fans nightmares. Well, it's the same thing for Calgary, right? I think the rivalry is just as big with the Calgary Stampeders over the last you know, a couple of decades that imagine Calgary rolling into Saskatchewan and hosting a Grey Cup, and they're bringing back a lot of key pieces already. And then imagine Chris Jones bringing the Edmonton Elks into Saskatchewan to host the Grey Cup with another team. It's like the only team that maybe wouldn't give you the same feeling as the BC Lions. Doesn't make you feel very good if you're a green and white supporter. So that's that's what's going on. That's the news that's fit to print here. Um, yeah, Jeff, the Stamps fan, says, uh, <laughs> he says, O'Day looks to be an early spender in February 8th. It really looks like they are, are building a war chest, which is what I said yesterday, right? Getting some cash reserves here to spend big in free agency. Like I saw the list of Blue Bomber free agents that are still left to sign. Now they got Rashid Bailey signed today, but... They haven't signed uh, Kenny Lawler. We've got a long, got a long ways to go. And the other thing is, I know Ryder fans. They're no different than any other than any other fans. They start signing some big name guys. They're going to forget about John Ryan and Ed Ganey in a real hurry. It's not right, but that's society. That's not a Ryder thing. That's a fan thing. Robin watching in the Gateway to the North says, uh, "Ed Ganey and John Ryan being cut is comparable to Dressler and Chick." His opinion. Um, Dan in Winnipeg. This guy's got a lot of questions. Dan Asham. And by the way, they're all good, Moose. He says, what do you think of CFL arena football in the CFL offseason, Rod? You know what I love about this show is, Darren, people are new to my stories. You know what I mean? You know what mm -hmm. my feeling is on CFL arena football. This guy doesn't know. And most of the people watching right now on Game Plus TV don't know. It's an entirely blank canvas for me to paint a masterpiece. So 
I used to be a big time ideas guy. Now I leave that to you. We collaborate on our, on our ideas. But I, for years, wanted to have an arena league in the spring in Canada. And my thought on that was, let's get guys coming out of Canadian University football and let's get rookie Americans and get them playing arena football. We'll have teams from Winnipeg to Calgary and we'll play indoor and we'll play in Brandon and Winnipeg and Edmonton and Red Deer and Saskatoon and Regina, Moose Jaw, Lethbridge, Medicine had to be the biggest thing. I had guys lining up to be scouts and do personnel. We could do it. There's nothing going on, by the way, on the prairies in the spring. Nothing. Other than Stanley Cup playoffs, but people can't afford to go to those games. But now, I'm like, because I'm not necessarily the biggest football guy, so I'm not going to spearhead this. It's just my idea. But it wouldn't have been hard, I know for a fact, to get a TV deal and sponsors and owners. It would not have been hard. But I'm not going to be the one to do it because <laughs> when I was at Theo's last week, he's got some ships coming into the harbor, okay? It's just some things he's waiting on, Theron Flurry. And he's like, when this comes in, uh, he flopped down on his couch. He's like, I'm done. I'm done working. <laughs> and I'm like, I get it, Theo. That's why I only yeah. want to work two hours a day. I get it. I've worked my whole life. I don't want to do this anymore. It's a young man's game. Somebody pick it up. That's you. Maybe you want to go have the Canadian Arena League. I don't anymore. You, soup don't anymore. Yeah. I could get into it. I think it's an exciting idea. Um, it's the right time of year to do it, right? When there's a little less going on. I think it would be a lot of fun. But yeah, I, I totally get it. I mean, it's great to have the ideas. And, you know, we hear it all the time. The CFL should do this. Someone so should do this. Well, they're not doing it. And they got their own reasons for not doing it. It's not our job to, you know, do somebody else's job. But yet, that's maybe where the opportunities are. I don't know. Did my screen go all blurry? Or is it just me? It looks good to me. Or is it my computer? Yeah, it looks fine. That's oh, good. Okay. Something happened here. Um, Jeff Cabello's watching in Winnipeg says, uh, that'd be cool. Arena football at the Keystone Center? Arena football in all those venues. Cause, because people are looking for something to do. The weather isn't great yet. You're not going to the lake yet. You're not camping yet. Yeah, Robert and Prince Albert says the Game Plus Network presents the Canadian Arena League. Cal. I think it would be amazing. You could play an eight-game season. It would take you right into CFL training camps. So the best players from the spring Canadian Arena League go into CFL training camps because as I've been around the game long enough, the coaches always tell me the more reps these guys can get, more reps, more reps, more makes them a better pro. And because it's only going to be an eight-game season, you could get a lot of guys that would want to play and can go have another job. We're not going to pay them a lot of money, 500 a game at the most. But th there's a thriving arena football league here in the States that kind of goes under the radar, but they find a way to do it. And listen, you only got to go as far as Kurt Warner, Iowa Barnstormers, which reminds me, you said you watched that movie on Kurt Warner? Oh, yeah. How was it? It was fantastic. I mean, it was, I, when it started, I'm like, this is going to be a little cheesy, right? But you know what? You buy into it right away and you get lost in the story. And Kurt Warner's got a great story. You talk about from bagging groceries to, you know, winning a Super Bowl in the NFL. It's all about getting people to take a chance on you. And his time in the Arena League was so valuable 
to him becoming a good pro. I mean, it is a, it's a great story. If you get a chance to watch it, American underdog, uh, I'd check it out. So John Ohm dropped my gong. John Ohm in Winnipeg says, if I win the $25 million lottery, I will start up the CFL arena football league. Jason and Red Deer says, I'll do the Canadian Arena League. Who's with me? Dan in Winnipeg says, great comments, Rod, about the arena football in Canada. From Arlen Bruce III, who's watching, he says, just put me on the board. If it goes through, as far as arena football in Canada. Wow, wow. Hashtag reps and touches. That's what it's all about. Reps and touches. Ryan McCarthy, watching in Saratoga, New York, says, Pete Costanza was the head coach for the arena football two. Albany Conquest before making his way to the CFL as a receivers coach. He'd make a great CFL Arena coach. Stop it. It's not the CFL Arena League. It's the Canadian Arena League. Cal. Not the CFL Arena League. We're not partnering with the CFL on this. It's our own league. What am I saying? Our. I've got nothing to do with this. At my advanced age, I'm doing exactly what I want to do exactly what i want to do how about that and that's being on the air in florida for two hours a day talking sports it's exactly it as a matter of fact this guy wrote me on twitter where the heck is it uh uh, 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 uh. got it oh jeff mooney writes on twitter rod been watching you live the last few weeks i see you are in florida again do you live there if so lucky Love your show. Yeah, one half Florida, one half Alberta. It's a win. Robin in Prince Albert says maybe Great Eagle Resort and Casino can be an investor in the Cal. <laughs> Jason and Red Deer says, how about the Canadian Arena League of Football? Calf. C-A-L-F. The Calf. It's pretty good. I like Boy, John, it. John in Winnipeg's got a lot to say for himself. I think he should have his own show. He says, uh, for Kamish, Rod Peterson, no thanks, not interested. You're not listening to me. I'm doing what, I'm do- what I want to do. I don't want to be the commissioner of a football league. And Moose, before I let you go, from the people in Calgary, they want us, you were standing there, they want us to go back onto Facebook with the show. Stay on YouTube, stay on Game Plus TV, but they want us to go back to Facebook. I almost feel like that should be a poll question. Should we go back to Facebook with the show? What do you think? Oh, we lost him. That's the tech gods telling us, no, we're not going back to Facebook. Or did Mo log in already? Did that happen? Knocked him off the air. Okay, we're not blaming the tech gods on that one. We're blaming Mo Egger. Uh, Greg S., by the way, watching uh, Jets fan, he says, do you think Dave Lowry should finish the season as head coach of Winnipeg or should they bring in a veteran coach now? Well, I think I fe- my initial thing is to say no, leave it with him. But I get what you're saying. Team hasn't exactly taken off under him as of late. I think you got to leave him in there and reevaluate this after this season. I got to think about that before I give you an answer. Mike Babcock's not coming. He said he'd finish the year with the Huskies. I can't think of anybody else. We're going to Cincinnati next.
You're watching the RP Show on Game Plus Television, YouTube Live, and 24-Hour Sports Radio at rodpeterson.com. Head to youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now. You gotta subscribe. Click the subscribe button for all the content you may have missed. Oh, yeah. He's back. Time for more of the Rod Peterson Show. Oh, boy. Welcome back to the RP Show, everybody. Apologies to everybody. Our outdoor set just got blasted with rain here in South Florida, but I think I've, avor- I've averted a major crisis. No, maybe not. It's pouring, but we'll be fine. We'll be fine as we talk Super Bowl 56 now with Mo Wager of ESPN 1530 Cincinnati. Mo, thanks for joining us today, my friend. And as your Bengals are off to the Super Bowl, I have to ask you this. With the Bengals going from doormats to AFC champions, has your job gotten easier or more difficult? Tell me. It's honestly. gotten more hectic. It's gotten more hectic. It, but people want to talk to me now, which is in... By the way, where are you? Where are you talking to me from right now? I'm in Boca Raton, Florida, where we're having oh, a flash gotcha. flood. Yeah. Yeah, looks looks great. It, it, it sounds like, you know, one of those apps that I might put on at night to go to sleep, the, the calm, soothing rain in the background. No, oh, it's good. it's gotten know, right? it, it, it's gotten hectic. It's gotten weird because people want to talk to me, which is not something that I'm, I'm necessarily used to. But they want to talk to me about good things. They want to talk to me about, you know, ordinarily if somebody like when you have me on, it's, hey, the Bengals are going to stink again. Boy, how much does that suck? And it's, you know, the sort of the same old, uh, you know, broken record. And, and this year it's been a lot different. So. It's been fun to talk about different things. It's been fun to watch everybody be so excited. It's been fun to watch Bengals fans just sort of bask in the glow of uh, what's happened with this team over the last couple of weeks and over the last, uh, really the last uh, 20 games. But it's gotten it's gotten crazy. It's gotten hectic, but all in a good way. This is why you do what we do, Rod, right, for, for stuff like this. Oh, there's absolutely no doubt. And the reason I ask is I've been the voice of terrible teams. I've been the voice of great teams, and they both have their pros and cons. That's why I ask. So you're going to Super Bowl, the boys tell me, so I will expect to see you at the Weston LAX live, Mo. We'll talk about that in a week's time. But listen, (laughs) what's the message message from Zach Taylor right now? Because you see the Rams are favored by four, and I think they're going to stay the favorites throughout. That line will probably be adjusted and so forth. But... Your, your take on the matchup, if you don't mind. Well, I think the take on the matchup is this. The Rams have the better roster. The Bengals probably have the better quarterback. And so what wins out? And that's no knock on Matthew Stafford, uh, who, who sort of represents a really fun success story. It worked. Him going to a better team worked and good for him. And he's had a huge hand in their success. But Joe Burrow is an MVP candidate, or at least he should be. I think he's a top five quarterback in the NFL. And... The other thing about this team is for all the all the run that Joe has gotten and it's deserved and everything this franchise has done since the day they drafted him has occurred on his shoulders. But if you would have said before the Las Vegas Raiders game, before the wildcard game, the Bengals are going to play in the Super Bowl, you would have said it's because Joe Burrow carries them there. I don't think that's happened. This team, top to bottom, they've gotten contributions from A-listers like Jamar Chase and T. Higgins. They've also gotten massive contributions from players like Trent Taylor and B.J. Hill and Samaj P. Ryan and Jermaine Pratt. Enormous contributions from those guys. Uh, this has really been a team effort. And look, yeah, top to bottom from a personnel standpoint, I think you can conclude 
the L.A. Rams have the better team. But with the way this defense has played, with the way Jesse Bates has played, with what that defense did against Patrick Mahomes and company, with the way they're uh, uh, scoring on special teams, with the special teams play they're getting, and with Joe Burrow, um, I said this about Kansas City. I, I wouldn't count them out against them, and I'm certainly not going to count them out against the Rams in Super Bowl 56. Do you feel like, well, obviously you must. It's a David versus Goliath matchup. Like Joe Burrow's going to be there for a long time. The Bengals are going to be probably in this game. You, you, don't, you never know, but the Rams are set up for this, right? They pushed all their chips into the table. Mm-hmm. They're, they're supposed to be there. The Bengals are not. I mean, how much do you think the Bengals play that up in their locker room? Are you playing it up on the radio? Do you see that story like I do? Uh, I don't know that I would go with David versus Goliath. It's, it's not like the Rams are a dynasty. They haven't won a title um, since they were in St. Louis. So, you know, you're, you're not exactly going up against a, a team that annually is in the Super Bowl. They're in it for the second time in four years. I think there's actually a lot of storylines in this game that are quite interesting. You start with Zach Taylor versus Sean McVay, two coaches that represent the youngest coaching combination in the history of the Super Bowl. Zach was on that staff in Los Angeles. Uh, with uh, with Sean McVay when they played the Patriots a few years ago. Andrew Whitworth, who I think should be in the Hall of Fame, longtime Bengals, still beloved in this community, uh, possibly playing in his last game and playing at a really high level at the age of 40, playing left tackle. He's going to be trying to block Trey Hendrickson. The Jalen Ramsey matchup against whichever Bengals wide receiver he's asked to cover, and my guess is he's going to spend most of the evening on Jamar Chase. But, you know, look, the, the, the Rams, you're right. There's a part of me that admires what they've done, which is, Forget the future. Forget next year. Forget the draft. Let's go win a championship now. But I do think that has created a, a, a sense of pressure on them that doesn't exist here. I think the Bengals feel like much more the long-haul team, the team that's the sure bet to maybe get back to this game. But at the end of the day, you don't know. And so we've, we've used the term house money here a lot. It was used. A lot of people said, well, the, the Tennessee game is house money. They've won their playoff game. They've broken through. House money, Tennessee. A lot of people said it last week, and you're hearing that here. And yeah, to a degree, no one's going to say the Bengals were a failure if they lose a week from Sunday. But if you've ever actually played with house money and you've lost house money, it's disappointing when you lose the house money. This is a golden opportunity. You never know when you're going to get back. You've got the quarterback. You've got a pretty healthy team. And as much as the Rams should be favored, it's not like you look at the Rams in this roster and go, oh my God, how can we overcome what they have? There are some matchups the Bengals can win. There are some matchups that terrify me when we talk about next Sunday. But, yeah, there's every reason to believe the Bengals can win this football game. And, look, the Vince Lombardi trophy's up for grabs. I don't necessarily know that you need any other motivation than the chance to win a championship and go down in this city's history as maybe the most beloved team ever, certainly the most beloved team since, uh, I would say, the Reds of the mid-'70s. Mo, you're wonderful at what you do. I really enjoy listening to you. I'm not done yet. I'm just throwing that in right now. I see the Bengals are going out early. That's the story that I've heard, uh, that they're going out normally earlier than teams normally would. What do you know about that? My understanding is they're going uh, next Tuesday. And so here's the thing. Typically when uh, the Super Bowl happens and the teams are leaving for the Super Bowl, we're talking about what the commercials are going to be at the Super Bowl <laughs> because the Bengals oh, aren't in that. it. So, uh, yeah, I don't, uh, I don't, I don't know what the the standard protocol is. Um, they're going to get out there with with plenty of time to spare. I, I think it's always interesting when you hear in the aftermath of a Super Bowl when coaches and players talk about when the game plan was in, 
relative to when they left. So do they get all their work in uh, before they go to Los Angeles? And then when they get to Los Angeles, they just have to tweak some things and maintain some sharpness? Or do they kind of take care of all the logistics stuff in Cincinnati, get to Los Angeles, and then get to work on the LA Rams? I think that's going to be worth paying attention to. But um, I don't know. I mean, to me, I, I, I greatly oversimplify this sometimes. Regardless of when they leave, as long as Joe Burrow gets on the plane, does the rest of it matter? I don't think the answer is yes. Uh, they called him the next Joe Montana, and you've been there since day one for Joe, uh, going number one overall. Has he been on your show? What What can you tell us about this guy that the viewers don't know? Um, just sort of a down home regular dude, man. I mean, he. You know, here's you, you asked about having him on my show, and I'll tell you quickly here what impressed me about him. Joe Burrow was at Ohio State, and he obviously went to LSU. But in between that, he went to UC. He went to UC's campus, the University of Cincinnati. They thought they had a chance to get Joe Burrow. And there, obviously, there's a lot of direct connections because much of the UC staff at the time had been at Ohio State. So Joe was on campus at UC. And for like 24 hours, it looked like there was a pretty good chance that Joe Burrow was going to be the quarterback at the University of Cincinnati. As it turns out, obviously, he went to LSU and things worked out for him. But anyway, so he gets drafted. And I have him on the show. And he was, the, the day after the draft, he was wonderful. He was, he was great. And you could tell he understood what he was being asked to, asked to do here. He was being asked to not just play quarterback, but really revive a franchise. And you could tell this guy was ready to handle the hype and everything that came with that. But at the end of the interview, I said, I have to ask you, why did you not go to the University of Cincinnati? And he gave me an answer that honestly upset a lot of UC fans. Um, and he gave me an answer that we can now argue whether it was the right answer. He said, I couldn't win a national championship there. I greatly appreciated his matter-of-factness and his honesty and his transparency. That's not a guy who gave me some sort of canned answer. He didn't dance around the question. He didn't try to go out of his way to just, you know, he didn't lie, didn't make up something. No, he just, look, I, I, I couldn't win there the way I could win at LSU, so that's why I went. Um, you answer that question, honestly, you're going to upset some people. And in the moment he did, I don't know that here anybody's mad at Joe Burrow right now, but just watching this guy, <laughs> watching him from afar at LSU and seeing him here, he has been so good at handling everything this franchise has asked of him and everything that comes with being Joe Burrow in the city of Cincinnati. And I give him a lot of credit for it. And I, I certainly hope it continues. Nobody wants to hear the truth. Mo, thanks for this, my man. As always, I hope to see you next week in L.A. I hope so. I, and then the next time you broadcast from Boca Raton, if I can go with you, that would be cool as well. Absolutely. I got a spot right here for you to hold my umbrella. Thanks, Mo. All right, Rod. Thanks, man. Mo Egger, ESPN 1530. Tune him in on Tune In. The Moose will join us next for overtime, everybody. We'll be right back. You're watching the RP Show on Game Plus Television, YouTube Live, and 24-hour sports radio at rodpeterson.com. Have you subscribed to the Rod Peterson Show YouTube channel yet? Head to youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now. You got something to say? You want to add to the show? What are you waiting for? Don't just sit there. Say something. Now, back to the studio with Rod. Oh, boy. Welcome back, everybody. Welcome back. 
Can we get the moose in here for overtime? Brought to you by the Four Seasons Sports Palace, your home for the UFC and the National Hockey League, where uh, the Greek freak has reported that he's seen his shadow today on Groundhog's Day. Georgie Anitos predicting six more weeks at least of tremendous sports entertainment at the Four Seasons Sports Palace. Moose, were you watching at all when the monsoon hit here, our broadcast location in South Florida? Did you see that? No, but I see you moved. Oh, yeah, that's the thing. You went to the, you logged out. We went to the commercial. I just got blasted. You know that sideways rain? Not the rain that yeah. comes straight up and down. The sideways, just blasted me. This is the worst. My notebook's all <laughs> wet. I think I'm going to have to get a new one by the time I come oh, to join you no. in Los Angeles. But by the way, uh, Taco Time viewer takeover is at hand. Taco Time's signature hot sauce is made in-house daily. And by the way, you should go follow Darren and I on social media, on our Instagram, plus the show, at Rod Peterson Official, at Darren DuPont, at The Rod Peterson Show. Because when we were in the Chinook Center Mall in Calgary... <laughs> I got five Dixie cups full of taco hot sauce, taco time hot sauce. And you put it to a Vic Router play-by-play. Can you imitate how that went? Yeah, and it's funny. I was thinking about that last night because he had another call like that on, on curling yesterday. You know, and that's Vic Router's signature. You know, there's five stones in the rings and he's, count them up. One, two, three, four, five. And we timed it. To her filling each of the hot sauce cups. One, two, three, four, five. Oh goodness! It was. Uh, it's pretty funny. It's on our. Uh, it's on our Instagram under the reels. So check that out. Spicy. Yeah, it was. You awesome. know what? I can't wait for me gonna, taco time. What? I'm gonna go put that on our story because it's. It is Scotty's season and it's relevant all curling season. So, uh, Vic Router's side. I'm glad I reminded you. I'm glad I reminded you. I uh, have not updated the poll question in a while. Uh, for Capital Automall Universal Collision Center, do you like the name Washington Commanders? 72% on Twitter saying, no, you don't. And I think leading the way on YouTube is no. Regarding some big names out of Ryderville being shown the door, uh, John Ryan, we're told, and also Ed Ganey. Tim Furry's watching on YouTube. He says, I sometimes wonder if it comes down to money and culture in the locker room. I like Craig Dickinson, but I'm not 100% confident that he can take the riders all the way. He's a good guy, but doesn't have the tenacity. When you look at Mike O'Shea, he's built that team-first culture. Several players said that they have never been on a team like it before. I don't believe the riders have that. From Metal Shingle Guy, he says, Medvic is a lot cheaper and has a strong leg. John Ryan will probably retire. I'm just going to say this as a John Ryan fan. Sad way for his career to end. From Troy in Cochrane, Alberta, he says, The league should bring back CFL week after free agency has kind of settled down. I thoroughly enjoyed that the couple years it was around. I enjoyed it, too. It was a lot of fun. I went to it in Regina. I went to it in Winnipeg. And I think that's all that there was, was the two years. Two and done. Peter watching in the sweatpants capital says, come on, guys. Out east. Really, DuPont? From Pistol Pete. I don't know what he's talking about. But I see he's the talking last... about the soft game. How do you know? Because I said it was out east. And completely missed.
He wrote the last time Peter wrote in was November 25th. And he wrote in and said, every freaking time I tune into your show, your partner freaks me out on how much he looks like Mr. Ted Lasso. Signed, Peter from Regina. By the way, can you uh, tell the story in a minute of the nice young lady at the stage bar at Gray Eagle, what she said to you? Remember that night we were watching sports in there? She was, she was, one of the, she was a server, what she said. She was eyeing us up from over, and she kept looking, and I thought it was weird. But anyways, later she walks up, and she's like, do you ever get mistaken for Ted Lasso? Every single day. Last minute. Last minute of play in the RP show. Yeah. Do you remember her name, Moose? I'm going to put you on the spot. Oh, it's, it's with a J. I know that, right? J-Lisa. Jesse? J-Lisa. J-Lisa. That's it. You're and so good at that. The stage bar. I know. It's one of my few talents. Uh, from Doc in San Francisco says, uh, good day, guys. Who's going to win the Super Bowl? I love the Flames. Uh, well, Doc, it's not going to be the Flames. I, I would bet everything that I have that it's not going to be the Calgary Flames. So you can take my betting advice on that. I would say the L.A. Rams are going to win the Super Bowl. Who do you think, Moose? L.A. Rams. I'm with you. Okay. The eyes have it. Moose, we'll see you tomorrow. All right. See you tomorrow. I'm going to fight my way through this rain to get a haircut, and we'll see you tomorrow at noon Eastern here on Game Plus. Let's make some noise! For more Rod Peterson on demand, visit rodpeterson.com.